What would you like to know? In this video, Paul will answer some highly requested questions from HR professionals on social media and his previous webinars. If you have a question for Paul, then leave your question in the comments below for the next Q&A. If you think EveryMind at Work can help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. If you like this episode, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a five-star review. And as ever, enjoy the show. So welcome to an EveryMind Q&A. The video quality today is a lot better because we've been refilming the champion course, the EveryMind champion course. If you haven't taken the course already, please feel free to sign up. It's completely free. If you go to the everymindatwork.com website, you'll be able to find access to it. The champion course is very much about equipping you and also your employees with more support for mental health, so please go ahead and see the new videos when they're in there as well. Now, I've got a couple of questions here that we're gonna go through, a couple of questions that the team have gathered from previous webinars that we've delivered, and also a series of questions that have come in from the podcast too. And I'm just gonna answer them as openly and honestly as I possibly can. Now, the first question is, what kind of support can we put in place in the workplace for HR and mental health first aiders to go? Now, when it comes to, let's say, mental health first aiders and HR, there's a real, I guess, um, negligence in terms of how much support they have. When it comes to mental health first aiders, there was obviously a real need for more businesses to implement mental health first aiders in the workplace, but a lot of organizations forgot to support them. You know, what support have they got after they've become a mental health first aider? If these are individuals that are now being advertise within your organization as the people to go to if they are struggling with their mental health, then what support are you offering them? Because as individuals, they've only had a two-day mental health first aid course, so they need that support themselves. And when it comes to that, some of the options that you've got is making sure that those mental health first aiders are being regularly checked up on, um, making sure that maybe you're doing events or sessions just for those mental health first aiders. One thing that we do with some of our clients that do have mental health first aiders is we do monthly or quarterly sessions with them, just mental health first aiders, and we anonymously poll them, we give them more support, some more guidance for them within that role of being a mental health first aider. So it's about just remembering that they are there for a critical reason, but they're also human beings that need that support too. But then HR, you know, where does HR go for HR support? It's about, once again, equipping them with the tools, the training, the support that they desperately need when they've got people coming to them, asking them about mental health and talking to them and sharing their own experiences too. So again, with those mental health first aid check-in sessions, sometimes we encourage HR to join those sessions, but being able to provide them with that support is hugely important as well. Anyone who deals with difficult conversations needs support themselves. The next question is how do you engage and support well-being with employees that don't have regular access to email and communications? I've had many conversations over the last 18 months with organizations that struggle to get to a certain part of their business because those employees, as we say, might not have access to emails, are hard to communicate to. And even as an organization, when we're putting on events, when we're sending comms for World Mental Health Day or Mental Health Awareness Week or whatever it is, we're still struggling to reach those individuals. And for a lot of organizations, that's a big part of the business. So how do we engage with them? Now, there's a couple of things that we've seen work. And to use an example of one of our clients that are in the construction industry, it's looking at those layers for us to engage with to then get to those employees. So to give you an example of that, if we're looking at operatives on a building site, 
we have got the ability to communicate with the supervisors of those operatives. So what we do in terms of communicating to those supervisors is more tailored and more specific. If we just send them the general comms, we're then relying on them to proactively go and tell the operatives about the events and about the stuff that's happening. Instead, the way that we tailor it is making sure that we make those supervisors of the operatives almost in a way champions to be able to champion what's going on. And we're trying to embed conversations of mental health and well-being into those day-to-day conversations. So to give an example of one thing that they do, they use um, an example of Tuesday Toolbox or Toolbox Tuesday, I think it is. And essentially with Toolbox Tuesday is there are mini conversations, mini talks that supervisors will deliver to the operatives. And in those Tuesday sessions every single week, there's now encouragement for those supervisors to talk about mental health and talk about well-being and encourage those conversations. Again, when you're looking at retail you know, businesses, and again, one of our clients is a retail business, it's hard for us to get to the employees that are on the shop floor, you know, especially with us having a mental well-being app and running well-being sessions online virtually. How do we get to those people on the shop floor? Once again, it's looking at the hierarchy of the organization. Who can we influence? Who can we get to champion it? So it sort of filters its way down. It's a lot harder it's more of a tailored approach but typically it's the only way that we can do that and then finally another way of engaging with those people that might not have access to email and communications is also embedding conversations of mental health in multiple different ways you know using signs trying to encourage them to see it as more often in their workplace um encouraging conversations as part of physical activity challenges or as part of lunch breaks and and wherever they can you know almost the more they see mental health, the more they see well-being in their day-to-day sort of work, the more it becomes normalized, the more they become accustomed to it. So there's multiple ways of doing that, but that's the advice that I would give. The next question is, what is the best way to get managers to actively support their employees' mental health? We did a recent webinar on this that looked at how do we support managers and equally how do we get managers to almost equip themselves with more tools and knowledge to support their team. And I think firstly, it starts with education. If managers haven't got the education or the training to be able to provide mental health support and have that understanding of how their team are potentially feeling, then already we're kind of missing a big trick here. We can't rely on them to just figure it out themselves. We need to train them and train them in a good way. And when they have that training, when they have that education, what then comes is understanding. And after understanding, then comes action. They can start to apply more of the the things and the tools that they've learned in those courses. So I think when it comes to managers and them actively supporting their employees' mental health, firstly, make sure they've got the right training. Secondly, think about that kind of training. You know, one thing that we do with our mental health training for managers is we don't just do a session and then ignore it. We'll deliver a session, a workshop. We'll equip them with the tools that they need. Then we'll do a follow-up session six weeks later. And what that allows us to do is answer any questions, make sure they are keeping going and making sure they're still opening up the dialogue with their team as well. And again, it's then consistently supporting those managers throughout the year to make sure they're still having those consistent conversations too. Training, getting them to just do some training and then relying on them to actively support their team is not the way to do it. Provide them with the training, then provide them with the support to continue doing so as well. The next question is, how can I stay ahead of all of the well-being initiatives across the year? This is um, a challenge that I see a lot of HR professionals face when you look at a well-being calendar. 
And when you look at a wellbeing calendar and you see how much is going on from World Sleep Day to World Charity Day to Mental Health Awareness Week and World Mental Health Day, there's so much that you could and potentially for a lot of organizations, there's almost a need for you to be doing stuff on those days. But when you're a HR professional, you're, you're busy, right? And making sure that you're putting enough resources together and hosting events and doing initiatives for employees on those key dates can take up a lot of your time as well. So often what I find from the conversations that I have is it's very reactive. We're almost just trying to get as much information together as we possibly can for a key date when it comes to wellbeing. And essentially that's why we launched the roadmap that we have with all of our clients. We provide a lot of free resources already to the public. You know, it's there on our website for everyone to see. But equally with every single one of our partners, every single one of our clients, we provide them with a 12-month roadmap. And essentially what that 12-month roadmap is, is every single key wellbeing date across, across the year, we will provide them with the comms, with events, with information initiatives. Essentially what they can do is they've got that calendar all mapped out for them for the whole year. They can take it when we send it to them. They can log into their dashboard, download it, and they can use it as they see fit. They can tailor it if they want, but a lot of our organizations will just share it um, as it is. And that well-being roadmap, that calendar where we take that time away from you has been proven to be a a very, I guess, um, time-saving tool for a lot of our clients. So that well-being calendar is something that we focus on. But again, if you want to just plan it out ahead, don't feel like you have to do every single day. Focus on the quality of what you're doing on those days. There are some free well-being calendars out there. But if you want to find out a bit more about that roadmap that we provide to to our partners, then definitely do reach out to us as well. Next question that I've got, and this is a very interesting one, um, and I might go down a rabbit hole, is is a well-being app a good solution for my employees? So every mind started as a well-being app. Our focus was to create mental health support that was accessible in every employee's pocket. And what we mean by that is we developed an app that focused on mental health and well-being. And our app has continued to develop over time that really takes more of a holistic individual approach to every employee. You know, the, the technology in the app allows us to tailor the content that we have to every employee based upon the support that they need at that time. However, what we are also is a partner. And what I mean by that is when we first launched as a business, we were very focused on the app that we had. And as someone who's very passionate about mental health, I did not like us only being known as just an app. Being known as just an app meant that we was being judged on the app and how much of a purpose that served. Now, When it comes to an app, for a lot of people, an app is very beneficial for their own mental health. You know, it's it's a tool that they can use whenever they need it. However, for many people as well, it's not something that they'll ever use, right? It's not something that they find beneficial. We sometimes struggle to even proactively manage our own mental health on a day-to-day basis. So can we expect our employees to use a mental well-being app every single day without fail, no matter the technology, right? So when we're looking at what a well-being app is, the way that we now see it is it's a tool that individuals and employees can benefit from, but it is not the sole solution. In the same way that mental health first aiders are not the sole solution, in the same way that training our managers is not the sole solution, in the same way that running one session on World Mental Health Day is not the solution. It's about creating more of a holistic approach and a well-being app can be a good tool within that. So again, the reason why we morphed more into the partnership is providing employers with webinars and interactive sessions and training and strategy and the 12-month roadmap where we provide them with all the comms throughout the year, looking at 
eradicating stigma in that organization, tailoring our approach to every business that we work with, but then of course, having the app that's there for them to drive that engagement, to drive the usage, and for a tool that can be used by a lot of employees as well. So I'd highly, highly say, and I might get in trouble that this, that a wellbeing app is not the answer. However, a wellbeing app can be a part of the overall picture, the overall strategy, and the overall answer for you to improve in mental health within your workplace. And again, that's why we are a partner. We are not a solution provider. This question is very linked to the last question, and it is a partner, not a solution provider. What's the difference? Essentially, the reason why we call ourselves a partner to organizations is because the way that we see our organization is an extension to your HR department. As we started to talk with more HR professionals and understanding the almost, I would say, over-reliance on HR to focus on mental health and well-being, we started to realize that we needed to become that extension of that HR department. In other words, lots of organizations don't have the budget to hire a well-being lead or have an individual that's sole purpose within that business is focused on mental health and well-being. And if I'm honest, I still think it's going to take more than one person to to be able to handle that. You know, well-being and mental health is such a big topic. Now, when you're looking at what the partnership does, that extension of the HR department means that we are saving you time. You're busy individuals, but equally, you know the importance of mental health and well-being of your employees. So we're there to help you as much as you need us, from providing initiatives like the app to running sessions throughout the year, to engaging with your employees, to running check-in sessions with your mental health first aiders and making sure they're supported, to training managers, and just developing a strategy specific for you and focusing on that for you, tailoring it to you, giving you a customer success representative that manages just your account to be there as support for you. And, and really, as we're growing and working with you know, over 100 companies now, that's the difference between a partner and a solution provider. You'll hear from us a lot. We're always there to help you. In comparison to you sign up, you hear from us in the 11 and a half months when you need to renew, right? That partnership is because we are focused on changing workplace mental health. You know, I started this from the passion and the purpose of losing my dad to suicide. And the reason of me starting this business is we want to help more people. And we want to help you. We want to help HR. So again, that's where we are a partner in comparison to a solution provider. And then the final question This has come up a few times in our recent webinars that we host with HR professionals as well. The last one I think we had, I think it was about 250 people on it as well. So make sure you um, join us on those future sessions. We run them every first Wednesday of the month. I don't have time to look after my employees' well-being and look after myself. Is there something that you can do to help? Now, again, this is a question that gets asked a lot. And, you know, when you're when you're looking at HR professionals, as I've already said, who's HR for HR? Like who's looking out for HR and who's supporting them? And we don't, we struggle to manage our own mental health, let alone manage and support the mental health of 100, 200, 500, 1,000 of our employees. So how difficult can that be? And I think the simplest way of answering this question is reminding yourself that you come first. It's that cliche quote of don't set yourself on fire to keep others warm, but in the position that you're in, even though you're trying to support your employees' well-being, the most important thing is if you're struggling right now, the focus is you. Focusing on your own mental health is not selfish. It is a priority. So before you even think about supporting your employees' well-being and the mental health of those employees, it's about taking that time for you. 
being as honest as you possibly can with your employer about the situation that you're in, the emotions that you're feeling, and, and how you need that break for you. Because it's so important that you reflect, you take that time, you take that break, because your mental health is the main priority. Self-care is a priority, self-care is not a luxury, right? So it's a very difficult thing to do because we're all told that we shouldn't, but definitely put yourself first in this moment because before we can support anyone, we need to support ourselves. So a few questions there now answered. If you do have any questions that you would like us to answer, whether it's on workplace mental health or mental health and wellbeing in general, please feel free to either share them in the comments with us or at the same time, you can drop me an email on paulm at everymindatwork.com with your question and I'll answer it in one of the future videos and podcast episodes. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this and hopefully you found it valuable. If you wanna find out more about our partnership, just go to everymindatwork.com, fill out the form, it'll take you less than a couple of seconds. We'll jump on a call to find out more about your organization, what you're currently doing, where your challenges are, and of course, we'll try and help you as much as we possibly can. Equally, if you go to the Everymind at Work website as well, there's lots of free resources from a free mental health support directory to all of the replays of our website webinars as well from supporting you as HR to supporting managers to returning to work. There's lots and lots of content on there. So go over there for free resources as well. Thank you for watching and I'll see you all very, very soon.